Welcome to The Buzz. I'm Christopher Conover. This week, we look at proposed changes to how Arizona gets its energy, ideas that could change the state for generations. Currently, Arizona requires electric utilities to get 15% of their power from renewable sources by 2025. But Tucson Electric Power has already committed to get 70% of its power from renewable sources by 2035. And Arizona Public Service has promised it will sell 100% carbon-free energy by 2050. The Arizona Corporation Commission, also known as the ACC, regulates utilities in the state, and it's currently considering a measure that would increase the state's standard to 100% carbon-free sources, that does include nuclear power, by 2050. At the same time, Arizona lawmakers are considering bills that would limit the power of the ACC to set standards for renewable energy use by utilities. We asked Leah Marquez-Peterson, the chairwoman of the Arizona Corporation Commission, why they're pursuing the increased standard while the legislature is fighting it. You know, the last time that we passed an energy standard in Arizona was 2006. Uh, that was done by the previous commission. And it's time that we, you know, caught up with our neighbors, with our states surrounding us, that we uh, truly focus on how to provide an affordable solution and, and reach 100% clean energy. In fact, we hear from many companies that are looking at different states in which to innovate or to bring their business uh, about the importance of clean energy to their operations and to their own mission. So um, I think this is really an economic development driver for the state. And we've, we've done about four years of um, analysis and thousands of hours of public meetings and input. And you can, can just imagine all the different financial analysis that has been done. Um, and 100% clean energy by 2050 with zero carbon emissions makes sense for Arizona. A lot of states are starting to look at putting in higher and higher renewable energy requirements for their utilities. Where does Arizona stand currently nationally with this? And, and where would this proposal take us? You know, and that's a good question. Right now, Arizona mandates 15% renewable energy by 2025. But in fact, as we negotiated and discussed and debated where Arizona's energy future would go, it was very important to me as an existing commissioner and now as chairwoman of the commission that we, we be technology agnostic, that we don't choose the winners and losers and determine that clean, clean energy must be achieved in some particular fashion. I've learned in my uh, almost two years serving on the commission, that there's so much innovation and new technology coming that uh, we need to leave that path open for the utilities to achieve 100% clean energy uh, in the most affordable, least cost option that they can as they move forward. So um, certainly renewable energy makes sense. It'll be the direction that both utilities have already committed to, both APS and TEP. But I also wanted to make sure we left room for new innovations in the industry. As you mentioned, a, a lot of state utilities, they're, they're moving in this direction anyway, especially away from coal. What has been the reaction to this proposal from your constituents? Are they happy to hear it? Are they disappointed? What are you hearing from the other end of this solution? So I've heard from a majority of my constituents that they support a clean energy future in Arizona and in the nation. But top priority and a concern certainly during this pandemic is the affordability and the reliability of the of the energy. That's why putting these energy rules together was a complex issue. It's something we worked on for quite a bit of time. 
Uh, and certainly reliability is that that concern has been heightened with the recent Texas energy crisis. We're talking with Leah Marquez-Peterson. She is the chair of the Arizona Corporation Commission and the only member from Southern Arizona. You mentioned the legislature a minute ago. Um, there are some bills moving through the legislature that would take some of the power away from the Corporation Commission, especially about setting standards for renewable energy by utilities. That seems like uh, it's a little bit in conflict with what we've been talking about for the last few minutes. Yeah, you know, early in the session, we heard about the, the uh, bills that were being proposed by the House and the Senate. Um, so certainly it's something that we've been paying very close attention to. Uh, it's not the first time bills have come before the legislature. Uh, the, the Arizona Corporation Commission has repeatedly had bills that might impact different aspects of our work. However, in this case, as we followed both of these bills closely, we decided as a commission to be neutral on the bills and to provide data and information to the legislature. And I was particularly, uh, had strong feelings about that. I want to build a stronger relationship with the legislature, which we haven't had historically. And I think the best way to do that is to provide the information and really be focused on what is the, what angle or what direction should we go with these bills in terms of authority and what's in the best interest of Arizonans. Um, so it looks like it's uh, passed the House and they're working on it through the Senate and um, it'll go to the governor's desk likely in the future. And I think um, our uh, authority and setting energy rules will really likely be determined by the courts in the future. Uh, and that'll provide the clarification I think everybody's seeking. We were talking about uh, renewable energy from the standpoint of utilities. What are some of the other top priorities for the ACC right now? You know, there, there's a number of items that I addressed when I was first elected a chairwoman, in which I was elected by my fellow uh, commissioners. And some of those are internal streamlining processes, making it easier and more transparent for the public to work directly with us. This is my first political position. Uh, prior to this, I ran the Tucson Hispanic Chamber and have been a small business owner in Southern Arizona for decades. So I certainly had worked with the Corporation Commission in the past. So we're working internally on processes, which I know aren't as exciting for people to, to focus on, but I hope it makes it a little easier to understand the work the commission does. Uh, secondly, we regulate more than 300 water companies in the state. So if you think of how um, challenging water is in our desert state here in Arizona, uh, ADQ, the Department of Environmental Quality, handles kind of the quality of the water, and we're more the distribution of the water through the private investor owned. I myself have been particularly passionate about working with small water companies with my small business background. So that's an area in which I'm really trying to streamline and make a difference. Uh, also, during the last year, as you're aware, we've all been reacting and really trying to work with families during this pandemic. So we've been spending a lot of time and will continue to focus on um, how we protect Arizona families from disconnections, how we provide more low income assistance as needed. Um, and for me, that's beyond electricity and water, but also broadband assistance. I've been working on an effort for broadband access for vulnerable populations throughout the state since the beginning of the pandemic. So really focusing on resources and different programs and how we can educate the public on what's available out there. All right. Well, thanks for spending some time with us. No, I appreciate that. Thank you for reaching out for the interview. That was Leah Marquez-Peterson, the chair of the Arizona Corporation Commission. As we discussed before the break, state lawmakers are considering bills that would limit the power of the Arizona Corporation Commission to set standards for renewable energy use by electric companies. 
As we mentioned earlier, this comes at a time when the Commission is planning to increase the state's standard to 100% clean energy by 2050. We talked with David Jenkins, president of Conservatives for Responsible Stewardship, about the measure to increase the state's renewable energy standard. That proposed standard reflects current energy market trends. Uh, it plays to this state's strengths. It will ensure that Arizonans benefit from the cheapest sources of electricity available, which for this state is, is solar energy paired with storage uh, for nighttime generation. And so this bill tries to preempt uh, the Corporation Commission's ability to do this, and um, we just don't understand why. I mean, the, the bill purports that this, that this uh, standard by 2050 uh, is somehow going to encumber Arizonans from getting the benefit of, of whatever fuels they want to use. To that, I, I would kind of ask, well, which fuels are you talking about? If you're talking about coal, the coal plants in Arizona, uh, Arizona uses Four Corners, um, uh, San Juan. You know, they're selling electricity close to $80 a megawatt hour, whereas Solar Plus Storage is selling it for $22 a megawatt hour. So which is better for ratepayers? Um, and that coal, that coal electricity is only going to get more expensive. Gas is somewhere in between uh, solar and, um, and coal. Uh, but we think that Arizona ratepayers should have the benefit of the cheapest source of electricity, a homegrown electricity like solar, which uh, is made there in Arizona, which we're, if you're talking coal and gas, it all has to be imported from somewhere else. Solar really plays to Arizona's strengths. And it also helps from a business perspective because businesses that are looking to expand and, and relocate, they're trying to find places where they can meet their own renewable energy goals or their own um, carbon reduction goals. Uh, all the states around Arizona have these standards and are really signaling this um, market certainty going forward that people can plan on. But if Arizona's uh, lawmakers uh, take this, try to take this authority away from uh, the Corporation Commission and put it in the legislature without any plan to, to move forward and, and modernize uh, Arizona's uh, energy portfolio, then Arizona's going to be left in the dust. Uh, it's just uh, it's going to be bad for business. It's going to be bad for ratepayers, and um, it's going to be bad for the environment. As you said, your group is made up of conservatives. The majority of the legislature in Arizona is made up of Republicans and therefore generally conservatives. You know, attracting business, doing what other states are doing to attract business. It doesn't seem like something that the conservative Arizona legislature would be against. Why are they you know, opposing what the Corporation Commission is doing, do you think? It's really a head-scratcher, really. I mean, if you think about it, um, they must be getting fed information from, from unreliable sources that don't know what they're talking about. That's the only thing I can think of. I mean, think about this. Uh, Arizona Public Service, APS, they oppose this legislation, and they're the biggest utility in the state. Uh, the Phoenix Chamber of Commerce opposes this legislation. Much of the business community opposes this legislation. Yet that didn't seem to matter a whit to the House Republicans who just passed the thing. Since when do conservatives ignore the business community and uh, take action that actually is counter to the business community's needs? You just have to read the language of this bill to realize it's based on a, a, a total misunderstanding of the current energy market, and it ignores the realities that are shaping that market going forward. 
We're talking with David Jenkins. He's the president of Conservatives for Responsible Stewardship. David, last year, the Arizona legislature passed a bill that preemptively banned cities from instituting bans on natural gas in new construction. That bill was pushed hard by Southwest Gas and the National Gas Lobby. Do you all have a position on that idea? (laughs) Well, yeah, it's a a bad idea. Uh, If you think about it, you know, historically, we conservatives have always argued that the best decision making comes from local government, the government closest to the people. So by passing this bill and preempting local government, state lawmakers essentially toss that notion out on its head. Republican state lawmakers. There's nothing conservative about preventing local towns and communities from making the decisions that they believe are in the best interest of their own residents. And yet, that's exactly what's happening. And we've, we've seen the same thing in other states. But with the Southwest Gas decision, it's clearly a company that's um, not an in-state company. It's an out-of-state company, and it's out-of-state interest uh, that are pushing this. Because Arizona doesn't have any natural gas uh, geologically underneath it. Uh, it has to pull that off from um, other states. And so the companies that are based in those other states, uh, they're pushing that. And for some reason... Uh, The Arizona state legislature is hopping up and standing at attention and saying, yes, sir. You brought it up before, but both the bill from last year dealing with natural gas and the bills uh, this year dealing with changing the responsibilities and power of the Corporation Commission, uh, you seem to say they're bad for business going forward and not the electric business, but bigger business, all businesses. Yes, it's it's going to put Arizona at a disadvantage in attracting business. So, uh, you know, whether it's tech companies trying to expand from, uh, uh, you know, out of California to find someplace cheaper or or uh, or whatever. You know, right now, if if I was in that situation and I wanted to um, have cheap renewable energy to lower my uh, overhead cost, I'd be heading to Nevada. I wouldn't be heading to Arizona. Um, and um, but it but the Corporation Commission was actually um, trying to modernize that and fix that. And what's really frustrating is for the past two years, the Corporation Commission has been talking to stakeholders, whether it's the utilities, whether it's advocacy organizations, uh, uh, homeowners and stuff. They've been you know, having public hearings um, on this for, for two years, and people have put a lot of time and effort into going in and uh, arguing one way or the other and uh, the commission spent a lot of time gathering information. What information has the legislature gathered that somehow makes them think that this is, is not good? They, they think they can just toss out two years of research um, on a whim and think that they know what's best. Uh, when, if you look at the energy market, you know, utilities all across the country are, are running towards solar because, of its, because it's now the lowest cost energy source. Um, they're running away from coal not because of government regulation about climate, but because these old coal plants are costing more and more and more to to maintain, which keeps the cost of energy coming out of them high, regardless of what the price of coal is. This really sounds like an issue from what you're saying, that there's no reason Republicans and Democrats, conservatives and liberals, however you want to draw those lines, should be on opposite sides on. Everybody should be going in the same direction. And if you're governor or king or whatever for a day, how do you make that happen? Well, it, it just happened next door in Nevada. <laughs> I mean, uh, the legislature passed a clean energy bill. Well, it, they passed actually a renewable energy standard to do 50% renewable by 2030. 
it passed unanimously. Every single Republican voted for it. Every single Democrat voted for it. Okay? So clearly, they educated themselves and they realized, hey, we have a lot of sun here. And why are we importing, you know, 75% of our electricity generation, uh, importing uh, that uh, fuel source in, in the form of natural gas? When we need to diversify and we need to have homegrown energy that we can control, that's you know the price is not set by some event happening over in the Middle East or something. The price is set because you know it's here, it's in state. All right. Well, thanks for spending some time with us. Thank you for having me. That was David Jenkins, president of Conservatives for Responsible Stewardship, a national group with about 800 members in Arizona. Last year, the Arizona legislature passed a bill that prevents cities and towns from implementing bans on natural gas in buildings. Lawmakers made the move as the city of Flagstaff was considering requiring all new construction to get to net zero emissions and working to electrify existing buildings to cut down on fossil fuels as part of its climate plan. NPR recently published an investigative story detailing how Flagstaff's effort was ultimately blocked by the Arizona legislature. That action was part of a large-scale push by the natural gas industry to ban such moves across the country. The Florida legislature is currently considering a similar ban. We spoke with NPR energy and climate correspondent Jeff Brady, who co-reported the story. He said it's important to note that we're talking about natural gas utilities that supply gas to homes and businesses. And we really focused on them because they face an existential crisis right now, because there is an emerging consensus that in order to address climate change, um, we're going to have to move away from using natural gas in a lot of our buildings toward electricity. And this whole process has become known as electrification. Uh, that consensus has been building for a while. And of course, if you electrify all the buildings and don't use gas in them anymore, then your local gas utility business uh, is not going to have a reason to exist any longer. And when you talk to people who spend a lot of time thinking about this, credible folks, people who don't don't necessarily have an axe to grind, and they plan out, like, what does this look like? Especially if you're going to meet goals like the Biden administration has set of a energy sector that is uh, net zero carbon emissions by 2035, uh, then you can't, you just can't have gas utilities as they exist now. And so they've been going around the country and uh, passing laws preventing local uh, municipalities, local cities, from passing new gas bans, gas hookup bans. We hear on radio ads, commercial radio ads, and, and TV ads, and even on social media about this clean natural gas. Does that exist when it comes to carbon emissions? Well, you know, some of the the most progress we've made over the past decade as a country in reducing carbon emissions is because uh, we have replaced a lot of coal-fired power plants with natural gas-fired power plants. They're both fossil fuels, but natural gas emits a lot less greenhouse gas emissions than coal uh, when it's burned per gigawatt of electricity produced. So it's a less carbon-intensive fuel. And so it has helped the country make some progress towards these climate goals. But it's still a, a fossil fuel. And while it may be cleaner, it's not 
zero emission. And we have this goal from the Biden administration uh, to, to zero out all the carbon emissions from the power sector by 2035 and from the larger economy by 2050. So in that, it's harder to find a place for burning any sort of fossil fuel. When it comes to the preemption bills, like the one passed by the Arizona legislature last year, how much clout does the gas lobby actually have around the country, be it state to state, as they're trying to get similar bills passed? The gas lobby has a lot of clout because these are utilities that have been around, many of them for a century or more. And they've been an important part of a lot of of communities. There's the American Gas Association, which is the overall trade association for for the gas utility industry. But a lot of regions and even some states have their own local gas utility trade associations. And so there's a whole infrastructure there that is threatened by this electrification consensus that's building. And so they've been as they say, pushing the open doors first. So if you look at a lot of the states where these preemption bills have already been passed, they're places where they were easy to get them passed. And now we've got, um, what is it, I think 13 states considering them now. And if you look at those states, uh, you'll see that a lot of those states have some sort of, of nexus to the natural gas or fossil fuel businesses where it's more likely that they're going to be able to get those laws passed. So it's a, it's a powerful lobby. Arizona's legislature, of course, Republican-led. Does this issue tend to break down partisan lines? It often does, yes. Um, in fact, if you look at uh, at the states that have either passed these preemption laws or are considering them, uh, most of those are, are Republican-led states. Now, we've talked about states doing this and the natural gas lobby moving state to state. You said 13 right now. 13 legislatures are looking at something like some sort of preemption bill. Is this a fight we're going to see at the U.S. Capitol also, or is this just going to be waged at the state level? Right now, it's happening at the state level. Um, and that's really happening because in the during the Trump administration, the country, of course, didn't make a lot of... of progress on on addressing climate change. It just wasn't a priority for that administration. And so all these cities and states came in and took the lead on that issue. And so a lot of them were passing um, some sort of you know plan to address climate change themselves because there was an absence of action on the federal level. And so this response from the gas utility industry is because of all those local entities, especially in California, where you have dozens of cities who that have uh, uh, banned new gas hookups um, or reduced the consumption of gas in their communities. Um, this is a response to all of those local governments taking action in the absence of federal action. You also reported that there's a consumer side to this lobbying effort by the gas industry generally taking place on social media. Can you explain that a little? If you are old enough, and I am old enough, you may have heard uh, ads in the past about cooking with gas. <laughs> and I have to say, I've talked to a lot of folks, and people love gas stoves. They like cooking with gas. If they're like, you know, it, it automatically sort of makes you a gourmet cook, I guess. Um, people like to cook with gas. And so the industry really focuses on cooking, even though that's a small part of, of where gas goes. And it's a small part of the pollution. Uh, there's some concerns about indoor pollution of burning a fossil fuel in an open flame in a place where you don't, may not have a lot of ventilation. But cooking is not a big part of natural gas consumption. And yet a lot of the defense is focused on that. And that's because 
because a lot of consumers are emotionally attached to their gas stove and, and cooking with gas. We've seen a national fight over the use of coal, uh, especially to power electric plants. Is natural gas the next national debate? I, I don't think we know yet. I mean, there certainly there, there are campaigns to move away, first move away from coal, now move away from natural gas, get towards wind and solar and other sources of, of, of electricity that don't produce the greenhouse gas emissions that contribute to climate change. Um, but when I talk to these um, really smart people who don't have an axe to grind in this, and they map out all these different pathways uh, of trying to reach these climate change goals that the Biden administration has set, they say that in some of those scenarios, there can still be a role for gas. And let's think about it this way. If you go toward this electrification route, we electrify all the buildings, but you still have a gas power plant. You have one source of pollution, you know, powering thousands of buildings. You can capture the greenhouse gas emissions from that one plant and make sure they don't go up into the atmosphere where they can cause problems. But if you don't do that and send gas instead to all those thousands of buildings and combust it in the individual buildings, there's no way you can collect the greenhouse gas emissions from all those thousands of different sources of pollution. All right, Jeff. Well, thanks for spending some time with us. It's my pleasure. That was NPR energy and climate correspondent Jeff Brady. You can find a link to his investigation on our website. We reached out to the city of Tucson to see if it would consider a natural gas ban in buildings. City officials said it's not on their radar. We also looked at the influence of the natural gas industry on Arizona politics. According to campaign finance reports for the Southwest Gas Political Action Committee, in 2020, the year the legislature forbade cities from restricting natural gas, the company gave Arizona candidates, including those running for the legislature and local government, close to $64,000 in donations. In 2019, it donated about $20,000. Money was given to both Republicans and Democrats. And that's the buzz for this week. You can find all our episodes online at azpm.org and subscribe to our show wherever you get your podcasts. Just search for The Buzz Arizona. We're also on the NPR One app. Ariana Brocious is the show's producer and editor. Vanessa Ontiveros is our production assistant. Jim Blackwood is our production engineer. And Duncan Moon is the interim news director. Our music is by Enter the Haggis. I'm Christopher Conover. Thanks for listening. Arizona Public Media's original programming is made possible in part by the Community Service Grant from the Corporation for Public Broadcasting.